Welcome to this special St. Gabriel Catholic Radio local spotlight with Dr. Robert Gervasi, president of Ohio Dominican University since June of 2017. Ohio Dominican University is Central Ohio's only Catholic university. Welcome, Dr. Gervasi. Thank you so much, Bill. It's very exciting to be here. Well, Bob, uh, you came to ODU from Quincy University in Quincy, Illinois, a couple of years ago, uh, where you served as the president. What were your first impressions of Ohio Dominican University, and have those impressions changed over time? Uh, my first impression of Ohio Dominican University was that it was an it was an incredible. Um, we had an ex- both my wife and I had an incredible experience of welcome and hospitality from students, faculty, and staff that seemed very, very sincere and warm. And our impression has changed over time in the sense that we're even more impressed Mm. by the culture of the university, its commitment to Dominican hospitality and to the faith tradition. So we're very excited to be there. Any anecdotal uh, hospitality experiences that you had those first few months that really stick with you? Yes, and my wife will underscore this. As we were moving into the president's home around the corner from the student center, we have, it's, of course, a, a major undertaking. We, were, we brought all of our own furniture and boxes and so on, and uh, the students organized on their own a, a schedule of student helpers to help my wife mm-hmm. and me unpack that's a big deal. Totally unsolicited, and that was very impressive. And Jen, your wife, uh, you're a couple that uh, helped the university grow in faith and excellence in education and athletics. She's been involved from the very beginning. The magazine that came out right after you were announced as the new president showed you and your wife walking down the path away from the, the chapel. Is that right? Yes. Uh, I'm the president of the university, but we together We like to see ourselves as the community building, the first couple that, uh, in terms of community building. Jen is very committed to students' well-being and to hospitality herself, and so we try to entertain members of the community and donors, of course, and she is very uh, involved in outreach in the larger uh, Central Ohio community, both in the arts and in other ways as well. In fact... um, we're uh, organizing a trip, a service trip, to work with Sister Norma Pimentel at the to work with refugees at uh, at the Texas-Mexico border. Uh, students uh, are going to be going, and I had hoped to go because I speak Spanish, but I can't get away. But Jen is going to go uh, with the students and with uh, uh, a sister, and uh, and a member of the staff. She speaks fluent Spanish, so she'll be, she'll be very helpful, and she's looking forward to that. Tell us a little bit more about that trip. Uh, is it a long trip, uh, a couple-of-day trip? It's six days, and uh, we have connected with Sister Norma Pimentel through Rachel Lustig at Catholic Social Services, with whom we have a, a good relationship. And I met Sister uh, Norma when she was the guest of C- uh, CSS last year, and um, in fact, Sister Norma is our commencement speaker for 2019 in May, and it was Amy Thomas, who is one of the organizers of our service trips. Normally, they have gone to Haiti, and this year, because of Sister Norma, we wanted to be of help there. So that's how it came about. And the students will be joining uh, your wife, Jen? Yes. Good. Right. right. They'll be traveling together. 
We're speaking with Dr. Robert Gervaisi, the president of the university. Dr. Gervaisi, the university is a Catholic Dominican university. Tell us a little bit about your faith journey and how that might have impacted you coming to Columbus and being a centerpiece here at Ohio Dominican University. Thank you. Yes. Actually, I want to tell you a little story about my childhood, my boyhood. Uh, I grew up in the Bronx, New York, as it happens, just three miles away from where Bishop Brennan was born. <laughs> so we connected on that. Uh, and in, uh, in those days, and hopefully still, our life as a family centered around the parish. We lived literally around the corner from the parish church and school, wh- where I attended beginning in the third grade. And my father was a member of the Holy Name Society, and that was always special. They had father-son mass and breakfast once a month, and he was a fourth-degree member of the Knights of Columbus, nearby uh, uh, hall where a lot of our family social life centered. So it was very—we were very much immersed in Catholic culture as well as Catholic faith. And I started third grade, I'm dating myself, but it was before the beginning of Vatican II. And by the time I graduated from grade school, Vatican II had had been well underway. It was just before the end of Vatican II. And a mile away from our parish was a Lutheran grade school and church. And when I started in the third grade, I was told there was also, I should mention, a large public playground in between the, the two uh, schools. And I was told that it was fine to play with the Lutheran children, but I should never go into the Lutheran church. That would be a sin. Mm-hmm. And by the time I graduated from grade school, we were having joint prayer services at the Lutheran church and at our church with the students praying together. So this, to me, exemplified on a lived basis the changes that were going on because of the Vatican Council, good changes. And at the same time, I feel blessed that I was able to experience the pre-Vatican II traditional uh, style of faith experience and the post-Vatican II larger, if you will, experience. And I, and I have to tell you that one of, the, one of the tragedies that I pray about a lot that grieves me is the kind of, seems to me, almost kind of division in our church between so-called conservatives and progressives. Whereas, in fact, I think the real vision of the council was to try to expand and integrate, not to do away with anything. So I feel very comfortable in traditional styles of faith expression. I still have close to me the rosary that my father carried in his pocket for 40 years. And when he passed away, it came to me. Um, I enjoy traditional styles of worship, but I also enjoy post-Vatican II styles of worship. And I'm very committed to interreligious dialogue and ecumenism. And over time, that was my experience. I had four years, I had eight years of uh, Catholic grade school, four years of Catholic uh, high school, four years of Catholic college. And I've also been a higher ed administrator at two other Catholic institutions before I came to uh, Ohio Dominican. And Ohio Dominican turned out to be the perfect fit 
partly because of the Dominican background. I had eight years of Jesuit education, for whom, of course, St. Thomas Aquinas is uh, kind of the rock star. And, of course, he is the rock star for the Dominican order as well. And so becoming reacquainted with uh, Thomas Aquinas has been a real gift, personally, in, uh, in terms of intellectual, my intellectual life and my own spiritual life. And uh, being in Columbus, we are the only comprehensive Catholic university in, in central Ohio, but I don't want to slight our cousins uh, or sisters or brothers, whatever metaphor you want to use. We have Mount Carmel College of Nursing, which is Catholic, but specialized. And of course, we have the Pontifical College Josephinum, which is very Catholic and specialized. <laughs> and um, to almost kind of exemplify this comprehensive vision of faith, the Josephinum in its annual Jessing lecture hosted a professor of theology from Seton Hall University named Monsignor Thomas Guarino, who gave an excellent, excellent lecture on continuity and change mm -hmm. in the Second Vatican Council. And um, I'd like to actually share a quote from him that totally exemplifies my perspective as well. Mm -hmm. And I think the vision of Ohio Dominican University. He says, my teaching seeks to communicate to students the richness of the Catholic intellectual tradition while highlighting the intense commitment of Catholicism to ecumenical and interreligious dialogue and indeed to fruitful and charitable exchanges with all men and women regardless of belief. That is the culture you people will find at Ohio Dominican University in a very lived way. And you, you mentioned this is uh, Dr. Robert Gervasi, president of Ohio Dominican University, and you're speaking about a lecture that you heard at the Pontifical College Josephinum. You mentioned that uh, he encouraged religious dialogue. How does that occur on campus? We have students, we, we are committed to international education and to helping our students become successful in a global community, both a global business economy and a, and a global uh, social economy. Um, and so we have student, we have Muslim students, we have uh, other Christian, uh, students of other Christian denominations, we have Jewish students, we have students across the board, and like most schools, we have what are called nuns, not N-U-N-S, but N-O-N-E-S, and we try to encourage all students to be seekers of truth and take that very seriously. That, yes, we are very successful in preparing students for, for careers, for satisfying careers. Our, our, our stats in that regard are better than the national average. At the same time, we like to say that we pre prepare students to transition from college to career, but not stopping there. We want them to transition with character and compassion. So all students are welcome to ex to express their faith and share their faith in their own tradition. We have, of course, a full uh, menu, if you will, of Catholic faith experiences and worship opportunities. We also have a meditation room, and we encourage dialogue and conversation among all students. Uh Dr. Gervasi, the motto for Ohio Dominican University is the Dominican motto. What is that motto, and 
how um, how does that impact uh, you as you are forming this new vision for Ohio Dominican? It's actually a, a quotation or a modified, slightly modified quotation from St. Thomas Aquinas to contemplate truth and to share the fruits of that contemplation with others. It really is an expression of the desire to integrate contemplation and action. Hmm. And that commitment of the Dominican tradition is what animates Ohio Dominican today. There are four Dominican pillars, prayer, community, study, and service. And we try to live those out in a number of practical ways, as well as in our academic program. We have four required courses that all students must take as part of our core curriculum. And each one of those becomes a theme on a rotating basis for the university as a whole every year. And those four uh, uh, topics are, what does it mean to be human? What is the common good? What is justice? And what truths have we learned? So it's very important for us to help students develop their inner life as animating what they do externally. And that's the Dominican tradition, out of a deep respect and dialogue with one another. Yeah, one of the things that Catholic Radio has uh, said really well over the last several years is that we need to fight relativism. And there's a, a fine line between ecumenism and relativism. Can you describe how you, you battle that line and how you overcome that by putting Christ crucified at the center of what you're teaching? Right. Uh, and as a kind of aside, I personally am on a crusade to try to minimize uh, metaphors of violence when we talk about faith. So you won't hear me talking about battles. You will hear me talking about exchanges and dialogues and discernments. I'm very excited that the church recently canonized uh, saint now, John Henry Cardinal Newman, kind of the great higher educa- Catholic higher educator in our tradition. I- I'm confident he'll be named a doctor of the church before too long. He has been a personal inspiration for me because I had the opportunity actually to spend a year studying in England and having contact with the Anglican Church. Um, And he wrestled with that whole question of what is the relationship between continuity and change, as as Monsignor Guarino spoke about, uh, relative to the Council. We don't want to be relativistic but we want to be open to appropriate change. And he identified two ways of thinking about change. One is change as completion. For example, we want a child to change and become an adult. That is change. The other kind of change is change as corruption. If a flower dies, it becomes an organic mass. And... (laughs) That's change, but it's no longer what it meant to be. And it's an ongoing discernment of the body of Christ in, in conversation and communion with the magisterium of the church to discern what is appropriate change. In fact, when I, had a, when I was at Xavier as an undergraduate, I had a math uh, professor 
who taught calculus, and as a humanities guy and lover of language, calculus was a challenge for me. It's the only and C. In fact, you speak six, la- six languages. Six, speak or read. I don't speak them all, but I can read. Yeah, uh, I can speak maybe three or four. But I had trouble with calculus. Was the only C I ever got in college until a brass a brash classmate of mine raised his hand and said. Dr. Larkin, we are all honor students in classics and philosophy. Why should we study philo- why should we study calculus? And he looked up over his glasses and Dr. Harkin said, "Son, calculus is the study of change, and the very art of living well lies in the ability to calculate appropriate rates of change." After that I got a B in the class cuz all of a sudden came, <laughs> it, it came came to me. And I never, that was the, that's what I remember most about calculus class. Mm. And I have tried to really have that as one of my personal mottos. What is the appropriate change in this situation? I can't push the river upstream, but I can maneuver the boat. And how can I maneuver the boat faithfully so that we get where we want to go? So when people ask me, my conservative friends, I should tell you, my conservative friends think I'm too liberal, and my liberal friends think I'm too conservative. So I decided I must be doing something right. <laughs> so when people ask me where I fall, I say, well, I am very mainstream. I just try to be further down the stream. And I think that's what we all are called to do, to keep moving forward in our life of faith and union with Christ. You're listening to the president of Ohio Dominican University, Dr. Robert Gervasi, as we're talking about change and uh, ecumenism and dialogue in our community, especially at Ohio Dominican University. The word change to me could also be a synonym for conversion of heart. Yes. Tell us a little bit about conversion of heart, because you talked about what is the goal, and I would suspect that's one of your goals? Absolutely. And of course, that's not something that can be programmed. It's only something that can be, we can invite students to be open to. And it always comes as a tremendous surprise. When I was at that lecture at the Pontifical College Josephinum, an Ohio Dominican alumnus came up to me, who's now a seminarian studying for the priesthood. And I couldn't resist asking him, did you receive your vocation? before you came to Ohio Dominican or while you were at Ohio Dominican? And he said, oh, definitely while I was at Ohio Dominican. Hmm. Now, do we start out saying, we have a quota. How many students do we want to uh, have conversion of heart even to the point of becoming priests? No, we can't do that. But we want to create a culture and an environment where God can do what God is doing. Let me give you one other anecdote. The annual Catholic Men's Conference uh, we're thrilled. We were thrilled that uh, Ohio Dominican had an information table, and uh, a lot. Of, I was surprised at how many people came up to get information about about taking courses. But we also had a lot of alums coming up to just talk about how they appreciated the experience. And I had a parent of a current student come up to me to say, "I want you to know that my daughter." decided to double major in theology and religion, uh, in theology and education. And Ohio Dominican University has changed her life. And then he held my gaze and he said, and Ohio Dominican University has changed the life of my entire family. 
and he began to weep. And I thought, after he left, I thought, you know, I can get, as president, I get very caught up in metrics, statistics, what are our enrollment rates, retention rates, uh, the financials. Um, And it's sometimes a temptation to overlook the non-quantifiable impact of the experience. And so events like the Catholic Men's Conference, participating in our liturgical life, interacting with students in a social context, those are all important things for all members of the community to do to realize the impact and the importance of the, of the university. So I invite your listeners to come visit us. And if you have uh, relatives who are approaching college age or simply would like to experience what we have to offer, we have a full menu of events for the public. The Domin- we have the Center for Dominican Studies that has almost weekly lunchtime talks by Dominican sisters speaking about their, uh, their ministries We have a full range of liturgical services uh, in our Christ the King Chapel. We have service opportunities in the neighborhood and in the wider Columbus uh, community, serving meals, for example, uh, at the YWCA. We have public lectures to celebrate the three main, not three of the main Dominican saints every year, St. Thomas Aquinas in January. Uh, St. Catherine of Siena in April, and um, St. Albertus Magnus in in November. Those are all open to the public, and we have a lot of other social and cultural events as well. So we encourage people to check out ohiodominican.edu or to call our main switchboard or my own office. And we have a personalized attention. I love meeting prospective students and visitors. I'll even give you my phone number if you want. <laughs> 251-4690 is the direct line to my office. If people have anything they want to say or suggest, my assistant would take the call, refer it to me, and I would get back to people personally. Well, you're facing a real uh, challenge in our culture to invite continually young men and women to a life of contemplation of the core questions in their life. Are there other ways that uh, you found creatively to invite those students to those interior dialogues? We have specific kinds of conversations that we call, sometimes they're, they're challenging questions that we call hot topics and hot chocolate. Uh, we gather around the fireplace and um, students can submit questions. They're, they're put into a hat and we pull them out one by one. When I, we say, well, we, a member of our student affairs staff moderates these. And uh, we have structured conversations. We also are teaching, we're experimenting with teaching in one of our theology courses, the Dominican tradition of disputatio. Uh, which That's a big word. I only speak one language. Right. Go ahead. D-I-S-P-U-T-A-T-I-O, the Latin word disputation. But it really means to think things through together. It's not about angry debating. What our society needs is an alternative to angry debating and instead respectful listening and dialogue and honest expression of truth as we see it. And so we're trying to give students the skills to do that because that will bear them well, not only in their faith experience, but in their professional experience as well. 
Dr. Gervaisi, tell us a little bit about how you're aligning the mission at Ohio Dominican for the next step in your journey for the Catholic faith and for excellence in education. Thank you. Sure. One of the important initiatives that is underway at the university is a very intentional and expansive outreach to employers to prepare our students by means of internships, co-ops, shadowing opportunities, other ways that students can move seamlessly from campus to career, uh, to career again, with, with character and compassion. And because those initiatives are expanding, we want to make sure that we are literally all on the same page. We want to make sure that the partnerships we engage in are consonant with who we are and the central core of what we're trying to achieve. So I, a, a member of our faculty who has served for over 45 years at the university and the, the, the director of our Center for Dominican Studies drafted a document called Aligning Our Mission with Our Students' Future that, ex, that articulates some key elements in addition to our already stated mission, some key elements of our core values and the Catholic intellectual tradition, and some questions that would need to be asked as we decide to formalize any kind of official partnership with other organizations for the benefit of our students, to make sure that there are some non-negotiables, and that sounds negative, but some, some key elements that will animate both parties that we can all subscribe to. And so uh, that will be that was just recently approved by our board of trustees, and it's going to be modified uh, and uh, finalized, and it'll appear on our website very shortly. Sometimes we call it an elevator pitch. What's the elevator pitch that comes from this document for you? For me, I always like to say to use that expression. The key element these days in higher education is: is it worth it? Is my student, is my son or daughter going to get a good job? So we, we have to focus. A lot of schools say we, we should just talk about generating, uh, producing engaged citizens who are reflective. That's important. But the reality is this is what the market is about. Can our students succeed in the marketplace? We want to say, yes, you will succeed. You will, you will move from campus to career with with character and compassion inspired by the Catholic Dominican tradition and the four pillars of that tradition. Dr. Gervaisi, as we finish up this uh, spotlight on yourself and Ohio Dominican University, uh, leave us with some direction on how we can learn more about Ohio Dominican and what are the steps that would be appropriate the next several months if there is a junior or senior in high school that would like to look into Ohio Dominican University. Sure. If, if, Someone is specifically interested in pursue, in learning more about enrolling at the university. You could call our main number, which is two five one four five hundred, and choose the uh, the response for the admissions office. And you can you'll get personalized attention right away. But again, you can also call my office directly, and I'd be happy to ha- have a chat as well. And that's two five one four six nine zero can always check the website, ohiodominican.edu. Dr. Gervaisi, we thank you for joining us for this special St. Gabriel Catholic Radio Local Spotlight. May God bless you and bless all of our listeners today. 
Thank you, Bill, and God bless St. Gabriel Catholic Radio as well. Thank you.